Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. doing this year right it's it's still it's still 2021 right it seems like it's been you know golly time is really strange in the in the in the days we live in right and so what we're talking about this year is this idea of renewal all right and and here's the interesting thing about this I, I think probably everyone in the world there's something about that that, that touches us somehow, right? I mean, it's even in the new year, it's this idea of even New Year's resolutions. How are you going to become better? What do you want to change from last year? You know, one of the most popular genres of books is self-help, all right? And if you go to like, I, they, they do have some bookstores still, right? Books a Million, I think, in Anderson. They do have brick-and-mortar bookstores, right? And you used to be able to go to a bookstore, and you see this whole section of self-help books. And you know what's really interesting is people buy these by the ton, right? Of everything, of how can you help our marriage? How can you help my life? How can you help me professionally? How can you help me make money, overcome an addiction, overcome depression, overcome anxiety? And, and, and there's something deep inside of us. Um, that, that we do know. Now, now, here's the interesting thing. We're a little bit complicated, too. All right, here, here's why. It's because there's this kind of battle within us, right, to make ourselves look like nothing's wrong. Yeah. Every one of us do this, okay? This isn't like, oh, man, there's just this, like, this, these few uh, insecure souls. It's, it's all of us. We're all in this club of let me make sure no one thinks anything is wrong, and at the same time, inside going, wow, I feel like everything's wrong. I feel like I don't look right. I don't weigh the right weight. I don't, you know, I can't speak the same way. I don't have the eloquence of somebody or I don't have the talents or something like that. Yeah. And so we kind of walk through life with this tension, okay? And, and sometimes even when we talk here, um, th- there's an oversimplification, I think. Okay, now here's the deal. Um, what God teaches us is very simple. It really is, okay? It's not easy, but it's simple. But here's the tough part. When we're talking about renewal, when we're talking about me and you, like real renewal, it gets complicated because now we have to take this simplicity and it's got to like, we've got to enter it into a very complicated life, right? There, there is a whole lot. Everyone sitting here today, you have a story and you're living in a reality that nobody else is, all right? There isn't a one-size-fits-all, right? And wouldn't that be great for us to be able to go through this whole year and have this really fantastic, like, hey, these 10 things, you just plug them into your life and, and, and everything will be different. Well, here's the truth. We're going to learn principles. The tough part is how are we going to kind of enter into that in all of kind of our messiness and all of our complicated kind of things that are going on in life. And so here's one of the ways we do that is just look around this, our community. 
This is how we are going to help one another do this, okay? And so again, as we talk about things, I certainly don't want it to come across like it's just super oversimplified, you know, do these three things and you'll be fantastic, all right? It's, I understand it's complicated, uh, but I also love that God gives it to us in this way that's really simple. And, and you know what I really like too? I like the fact that our lives have to change to become more simple rather than becoming more complicated. All right, I like that better. Okay, and so again, we're wrestling with this. We're going to read something that's, uh, that, that's pretty cool. You can turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 22. That's in the Old Testament. I don't know what your relationship is with the Old Testament. Right? Um, man, I love it. I love the Old Testament. You know, it's, it's one of those things you got you to read it, you got to understand it, you got to kind of know the story. That, you know, I, to me, I feel like there's like a big old smear campaign against the Old Testament. It makes God look mean and vindictive. And when I read the Old Testament, I'll tell you what, I think there's more grace in the Old Testament than the New Testament. Right? And so, uh, but we're going to read about this. But here's what we're talking about. Uh, when we talk about renewal... When we talk about like, you know, there's so many great synonyms that come with renew. Restore, revive, refresh, all right? And so it's, uh, it's up to every one of us to, to think, you know, what, what is my spiritual life like lately? Is it kind of dry and brittle and dying and barely hanging on? Or is it, is it like, no, it's, it's coming along okay, right? But it's this, that there are parts of it that need to be renewed, restored, revived, right? Especially after this last year. I'll tell you, man, everyone, no one walked out of 2020 unscathed, all right? There's, there's, a, there's a hardness that can come with it. It's just different. Times were different, right? Now, what we're not trying to do is re- be renewed to like whatever, the good old days of our life, okay? That's not the renewal. So if we're thinking, man, life was really great and really simple, like right around fifth grade, okay, that was great. It, it was right before, really, I, I was caught up in middle school, boys liking girls, girls liking boys. You know, it was before I entered the world of total rejection, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. We're not trying to go back to a better time in our lives. We're not trying to renew a better time in our lives. We're going back to how did God create us? How did he create community from the beginning? Okay. And so this is very valuable. If you haven't read the early chapters of Genesis, I would encourage you to go back and read the first couple of chapters. And we kind of like mess those up a little bit because they tend to be more about things we argue about. Right. So people read Genesis and they're like, well, is, is he talking about a day is 24? And we argue about all these things and we forget there's a message in there of God going. He created something. And you know what he said? It's good. All right. That's very important to understand as we are talking about this idea of renewal. God created the world, the, the universe, the plants, water, us, me and you. And he said it's good. In fact, he says it's very good. Isn't that great to know? I mean, sometimes we disconnect ourselves personally from God. But wouldn't it be great for for you to have a conversation and Jesus is sitting right in front of you and he's going, man, you know what I love about you? You were built very good, very happy, 
about you. Sometimes we can't even imagine that conversation happening, right? It's interesting because in the early, like, pre-sin days of Genesis, you want to know what's fascinating about, about what was going on in the garden? Is it was life without shame. It was life without guilt, right? It was work, and this may be the toughest one. It was work that wasn't toil. Okay, can you imagine that? Can you imagine doing work and you're going, I love this. It's fulfilling. It isn't toil. All right, they were working the garden. They were taking care, being God's steward of his creation. It was safe. It was pure. It was simple, right? If we were to think about the community I would want to be a part of, this checks all of those boxes, right? I'm looking at this going, wow, you mean that, uh, that this is what God originally planned for us? This is what we're talking about when we're talking about renewal. It isn't about becoming better versions of ourselves. It's about having this idea of how did God create me and you? And where is he? How is he trying to renew us? Okay, back to this idea. And so we're kind of messed up here on earth because it's, the earth is full of sin, right? And, and we are affected by others and we are affected by our decisions still. But it's the idea of we've got to have something in our brain. We've got to have something in our mind that we are, that we're going, this is what he's trying to renew us to. A, a life lacking shame and guilt, a life of love, a life of community, a life of safety, a life of purity, a life of trust, right? All of these things, I'll tell you what, think about what we really are tired of in our world today. What we're really tired of. You're going, that's not what God is trying to, to create in us. He's not trying to create angst. He's not trying to create separation. He's not trying to create hatred. He's not trying any of those, these things. You, you know, ultimately, here's how I would sum it up. Right? If, if I were to sum up everything that God created us to be and is renewing us towards is that we love well. And, and, and I want you to ask yourself that. Would you consider yourself somebody who loves well? Right? Are you loving well the people God put in your life? Are you loving well the neighbors God put next to you in your neighborhood? Are you loving well? Okay, Ben brought this up. This is a tough one. Are we loving well our enemies? Okay, because here's the deal. Christianity as a whole is telling us right now, over and over and over again, you don't have to love your enemies. You don't have to be civil. You don't. Just go and go. be loud. Be outspoken. But you can be a Christian today in America and not love. You can. And it's perfectly okay. And you'll be accepted everywhere you go. Okay? The truth of the matter is that's not how we were built. That's not the community that Jesus is asking us to be a part of. In fact, it has nothing to do with following Jesus if we don't love well. Right? And so just planting that seed in our mind of thinking through this, of going, okay, what are we being renewed, renewed to? Ultimately being able to love well. Okay? And I think what me and you do really well and really simply is we know how to hate well. We know. 
All right. And so we're talking about how can we be renewed back to how we were originally built. And so we're like building a foundation right now. This is the first week. We're talking about things that, that we have got to be like settled in as we move forward this year. All right. And so we're here in 2 Kings chapter 22. And you have this king, Josiah. All right. I love Josiah. He became king when he was eight years old. Wow. That, that's incredible. Okay, eight years old, Josiah becomes king. Okay, and we have to start understanding like what that means, right? At this point, Israel was really split into two different countries for the most part. You had, you had Israel and you had Judah. And here's Josiah. We're going to pick this up right here in 2 Kings chapter 22. And uh, let's go ahead and start reading there. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah. She was from Bozketh. He did what was right in the Lord's sight and walked in all the ways of his ancestor David. He didn't turn to the right or the left. In the 18th year of King Josiah, so when he was 26 years old, in the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent the court secretary, Shaphan, son of Azalah, son of Meshulam, to the Lord's temple, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest. So he made total of the money brought into the Lord's temple. The money the doorkeepers have collected from the people. It's to be put in the hands of those doing the work, those who oversee the Lord's temple. They are in turn to give it to the workmen in the Lord's temple to repair the damage. They are to give it to the carpenters, builders, and masons to buy timber and quarried stone to repair the temple, but no accounting is to be required from them for the money put in their hands since they work with integrity. Hilkiah, the high priest, told Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. And he gave the book to Shaphan, who read it. Then Shaphan, the court secretary, went to the king and reported, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the temple and have put it into the hands of those doing the work, those who oversee the Lord's temple. Then Shaphan, the court secretary, told the king, Hilkiah, the priest, gave me a book. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And he commanded Hilkiah, the priest, Dahikam, son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and the king's servant, Aziah, go and inquire of the Lord for me, the people and all Judah, about the instruction in this book that has been found. For great is the Lord's wrath that is kindled against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words of this book in order to do everything written about us. All right, so again, I'm really going to encourage you to play the movie out in your head of what this looks like. All right, however you picture the temple or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be all perfect, but you have this king and he's saying, we've got a bunch of money. People have been putting money right here and they're, they're, it's it's backing up and we've got to take care of the temple and so he sends his guys over go get that money and, and start repairing this place okay now you got a picture the guy goes in and he's like whoa i found this book okay is anything is there anything weird about that to you okay if you think about this as we're talking about the book that has guided these people right i mean this is what they're supposed to be living by 
And clearly, they don't even knew. It lost it. Okay. This is, you know, you look at this right here and you're going, wow, this is crazy. Are you telling me that king after king after king has been reigning? You mean that, that God's people have been living and have been led by folks and they don't even know where the book of the law is. They don't even know how to be pleasing to him. Okay. And he comes in and I, I always, this is funny to me to a certain degree, is when the guy comes in, he's like, hey, we found the book of the law. What should we do with it? That may, honestly, that may be like what the Bible is in your own home. Okay, you may go, I knew this thing was somewhere. I, I knew it was somewhere, right? It's been holding my door open for months, right? Or it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's fascinating. I don't know what your relationship is with your Bible, all right? But we do have God's Word still to this day. And, and the Word of God is right there laid in front of us. Unfortunately, you want to know what? If it's not... If we don't even know about it, we may not even know where it is to even begin using it. Okay? Now, I want us to stop here for one second. All right. How cool is it, all right, that God has been patient this long? Okay, can we, can we just talk about that for one second, all right? Because in the world we live in of God, like this view of him, like just waiting for you to mess up. So he can destroy your life. There, there's God going, I, I know where the book is. <laughs> it's right there. And they're not looking for it. And they're just kind of going by memory or they're going by tradition or something like that. And there's this idea of, of God going, boy, th there is something about his patience. There is something about his patience. If we learn something about God right here, it's his patience is supposed to have an effect on us. Right? His patience is supposed to have an effect of us going, wow, thank God he didn't take this out on us earlier. In fact, he let a guy go in and find the book. He let the guy go in and find the book and read it to the king. And then you have King Josiah, 26-year-old, been the king for, for 18 years at this point. And he tears his clothes when he hears these words. Right? He says, oh my goodness, we're supposed to be living under the rule of God. And I'm hearing these words. Okay? Now, most likely what this was, was probably what we know of as the book of Deuteronomy. That's most likely what they found. Okay? It probably wasn't Genesis, it probably wasn't the whole Torah. But when he read this, he was like, wow, the, I, we are stunningly falling short here. All right. And there was something about it. We don't do this anymore. Right. We don't tear our clothes when we're really uh, affected by something, when we're really like cut to the heart. I don't remember the last time in church somebody just ripped their clothes because they were so convinced, you know, that, man, we are falling short. OK, this was something. This is a big deal. All right. And so you have this, you know, you, you have this idea of he's reading this and there's a realization that really kind of clearly moves Josiah and a realization that it doesn't sound like it was a realization that was pleasant either. Have you ever had that before? Have you ever, have you ever come to a realization of something and your heart just kind of falls into your stomach? Like, like oh my goodness. Okay. There, there's something though that keeps us. Okay. We're living in a generation and, and this may be, now here's the deal. Okay. Gosh, I hesitate even saying this when we're on Facebook and all these things, but just, you know, stick with me, all right? 
I think we are addicted to grace. Okay. Now, now, right now, everybody's like, Keith, you're a heretic. I can't believe you're saying this. Here's what I mean by that. We're looking at to grace to do for us what the gospel's supposed to do. Okay, we're looking at grace and going, what I need from God is to know that he loves me and just is with me and is patient with me. And it's about me and me and me and me and me. Okay, and here's the truth of the matter is for decades, books have been written about grace. And you want to know what? Disciples keep going. This ain't working. This ain't working. All I want to learn. I hear from disciples all the time. I just want to learn about grace. I just want to learn about grace. We're trying to get something from grace that only the gospel is meant to give us, okay? And the gospel isn't just about me. The good news isn't about me. It's about we. It's about us. It's about, it's about us going, hey, you want to know what? Here's the good news. Now we get to work together to follow Jesus, right? Now in my freedom, I can become a servant to everyone, all right? See, when we start just focusing on grace, so why I say that is because we probably are moved less today because this message that we read in the Bible sometimes makes us feel bad about ourselves. Okay, it makes us feel like, man, I am really dropping the ball. I'm really messing up. When we start reading our Bible and studying our Bible and going, oh my goodness, I am really falling short here in how I love people and how I treat people and how I talk to people and how I live my life and my morality and all of these things. And the world, the Christian world around us saying, no, 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 whatever you do, don't feel bad about yourself. And we're going, hold on, if you want renewal, we've got to have honesty, all right? You can't just keep going through and going, man, no, I need to be completely like this positive reinforcement that I'm awesome, okay? Isn't that interesting? Even when, you know, you have, <laughs> you, you, you have somebody get baptized, and, and we'll spend 25 minutes talking about how awesome they are. I'm like, if they were that awesome, you wouldn't need to be baptized. <laughs> you look quiet. <laughs> Hold up, Keith. Don't talk about that right now. But the truth is, is that's the thing, is we're addicted to this idea of let's continue building you up and going, you want to know what? For renewal, sometimes things have to be torn down. They just do. Okay, and we can't just go into this. And Josiah was torn down. Okay, I mean that—that's the truth. Okay, I don't know if his advisors are going, Josiah, don't feel so bad. I think Josiah's going. We're in trouble if things don't change. If we don't have some renewal, we're in trouble. You have this realization. You know, there's there's a number of times I feel like I've had a realization like that. Some of them are pretty superficial. Okay, I, I do remember one. Like I have a lot of kind of weird memories of my undergraduate days. I've shared with you guys before. You know, I've, I've got caught cheating on final exams. You know, those things will leave you kind of like, whoo, boy, I'm falling short. I, I remember one time, too, that I realized I got to like 13, week 13 of the semester and realized I was supposed to be in a lab that I never went to. <laughs> okay? I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, I wonder, and seriously, in my head, I'm like, everything just fell. And I'm going, I wonder if they'll let me make all that up. <laughs> really? 13 weeks? <laughs> In a week? <laughs> right? It's like your heart just falls, okay? Here's what I'm saying to you. When it comes to renewal, th this is the great thing about renewal is the process can be a tad bit painful at times. The process can be uncomfortable at times. 
the process can kind of like, oh man, this, this doesn't always feel that good. But here's, the re- here's what we have to keep in mind of what's the end product. Like, where are we trying to go with this? What will it be like? And, and even to a greater level, not just here on earth, but to a greater level of how amazing will this be to be in heaven, to be entirely renewed, to be like Jesus, right? You're going, wow, this is totally worth it, okay? And, and again, I, I love what Ben shared. I think this is such a real thing is we can go, Gee, what are you talking about, Jesus? Why are you asking us to do such hard things? But what's fascinating is, is I've, I've read a lot of self-help books. They ask you to do hard and weird things. Okay, they just do. Every single one of them. It's who do we choose to listen to? All right. If you've gone through any kind of addiction recovery, it's hard. Okay. But it's the idea of do you have in your mind where you want to go? Okay. Because there are some uncomfortable things to go through of inventory and confession and and retribution and resolution and all of these different things. Right. And so you have this realization that he gets right here. Um, and so anyway, before we move on, I guess, I guess the simple part would be, I hope you found your Bible. Okay. And and my encouragement would be, if we want renewal, find it quickly. All right. Know where it is because it's going to have to be used because here's why you don't want it to be just from me. Okay. I'm a, I'm a guy. All right. You don't want to look for who's leading what church because that's going to be the person. No, absolutely not. I hope I have a role that's helpful as a servant. All right. But what we are surrendered to is God's word. Okay. And so he he keeps going on here. Okay. Let's uh, there's a prophecy that's that's told. We're going to jump down to chapter 23. Okay. Second Kings chapter 23. It is interesting, just up towards the end of the, cha- of the previous chapter, um, you did see this, this prophetic message of God saying, you know, that Josiah's heart was tender and he humbled himself before the Lord. I love that part. But in verse 1 of chapter 23, the king sent messengers and they gathered all the elders of Jerusalem and Judah to him. Then the king went to the Lord's temple with all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem as well as the priests and the prophets, all the people from the youngest to the oldest. As they listened, he read all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. Next, the king stood by the pillar, and he made a covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord, keep his commands, his decrees, his statutes with all his mind, with all his heart, and to carry out the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And all the people agreed to the covenant. All right? So here's the deal. We're sitting here right now, and I just have probably read, I don't know, maybe 40 verses. And it's tough to just sit and listen to somebody read something. <laughs> you go, really? Keith, you going to read the whole chapter? Some of you thought that. <laughs> right? 2 Kings 22. Man, he's reading a lot. Man, he's passing verse 9. Oh, gosh, he's going into 10, the teens. Right? In our mind, we're going, gosh, dude, do you have to read so much Bible? Okay, he got the people together and he said, we're going to read this (laughs) out loud. Okay, I I wonder if if we were to go, Okay, come on in next Sunday. 
uh, we're going to read, you know, not Deuteronomy, okay? But what if we were to go, we're going to read the Gospel of Matthew. We're just going to read it. How tempting it would be to go, I don't know if I really need to go to church that day. Right? It's just a guy reading something, <laughs> okay? Except these people were like, it seems like, now, now here's the deal. They were people still, right? Okay. And so do you think some people got a little bit distracted at times? Probably. I mean, let's not paint the picture here that they were like these superhero, like non-ADD, just like locked, you know, they're us. Okay. But they're going, we want to hear this because this matters more than anything else. All right. It's not a matter of of these people being superheroes. It's a matter of them going, I want to hear this because things have to change. Okay. And so you have this, um, uh, he, he gets there right there. He, he, he uh, you know, has this, makes this covenant right here, this renewed covenant uh, with all of his heart, all of his mind. Um, and, and here's the interesting thing, okay? The, the king didn't go, here's what you all are going to do. Right? The king says, right here, right now, this is what I'm doing. It says the people agreed. This is how humans are supposed to interface with God. Okay, this is how it's supposed to be, is people go and go, hey, here's, here's what I'm doing, all right? And others are, me too, I, I'm in, all right? Wh- whatever it takes. Now, I want you to think about that because when we're talking about renewal, when we're talking about renewing our passion, when we're talking about renewing um, relationships, when we're talking about renewing um, our, our zeal, our focus, our love, Whatever it is, okay, here's what it's going to take. It's, we've really got to have this idea of, hey, whatever it takes, we're, we're in it for that, okay? And I want us to pray that, okay? I, I want me and you each day to pray that way. God, whatever it takes for there to be renewal in my life, in my church, in our country, in our world, whatever it takes, I'm in. I want me and you to start praying that prayer. Okay, it's a little scary, isn't it? It's a little scary because here's what I here's what I find as I pray. I want to like I want God. I want to walk God through my life. Okay, God, please do this for me and do that for me. And and you know what's interesting? Oftentimes, what I want from God are all things that are going to make me really happy. And that's not wrong. Okay, God isn't anti-happy. Okay. But he isn't, he, here's the worst thing we could do, okay? Um, you, you guys probably notice, even with my mask, I'm not the tannest guy in the world, okay? You're probably not going, that guy must be from like, you know, no, 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 no. I don't really tan, okay, when I go out. In fact, I do turn colors as red, okay? That, that's what happens to me in the sun. And so I have to go to the skin doctor periodically, okay? And he's got to check me out and all this kind of stuff, okay? Here's what I don't want my skin doctor to tell me. It's all good. Hey, I, what I did here, I, I dabbed a little uh, alcohol on this bump right here, this mole or something like that. No worry, it's going to be okay. Sometimes there has to be some bad news. Sometimes there has to be like digging in there and going, really, do you want whatever it takes? And I, uh-huh. Hey, man, don't let this thing live inside of me. All right. Oftentimes what we want from our doctors are the things we oftentimes avoid wanting from God. 
We, we don't want God to just, no, can you just varnish the outside, God, and make me look really, really, really good? And God is going, you don't understand. I know what you want at the deepest level. All right, that's what God knows. I know what you want at your deepest level, and there's a process to go through. Okay, and, and here's the thing is, Satan is going to get you all thinking all kinds of craziness. Okay, Satan's going to make you think like, oh, you know what? When I start praying this, everything's going to go wrong. And everything's going to get hard and everything's going to get bad. You know why? Because Satan wants you to think God is just vindictive and mean and petty. But you know what's interesting? What might be even more challenging? What if everything you wanted, you got? <laughs> I'm not saying you will, okay? This isn't, I'm not trying to peddle a prosperity theology here. But my point in being is we don't know. We don't know what God says is, is, you know, here's the deal is in my life, you know, sometimes I need somebody to give me a hand up and sometimes I need somebody to kick me in the butt. Okay. God knows what we need and when we need it. Okay. And so it's that idea of whatever it takes, man, whatever this takes. Okay. And so he makes this covenant. I think of like Luke 15 with the prodigal son. If you're familiar with that story, okay, is the prodigal son takes off. And he comes to this realization of, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm eating what pigs eat. All right. Hopefully we're praying that God will open our eyes to see our, what are we taking in place of what he's already trying to give us. All right. There, there's this realization that's come over Josiah. that's come over the people. Okay. But let's keep going here. Okay. Because here's, it, it just gets more interesting. It gets more challenging. Uh, chapter 23. Um, oh, let's start at verse 4. Then the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second rank, and the doorkeepers to bring out of the Lord's temple all the articles made for Baal, Asherah, and the whole heavenly host. Stop for one second and think about that. <laughs> okay. He said, hey, go take everything out of the temple. Did, did you get what he's taking out? Okay, he said, hey, guys, here's a starting point. Let's get rid of all of the other gods that are in our temple. Okay, does that sound weird to you? Like, I never would imagine the millionaires. Who brought in the, the statue of Baal? Who brought in the statue of Astra? Who brought those into the temple and thought that was a good thing? All right, but it teaches us a little bit about human nature. Okay, because it's important. We're not just learning about God. We're learning about people, too. And it teaches us about our own human nature, that what we can do sometimes is bring things into our life and we think, oh, no big deal. Like, what's the problem here? Why is this bad? This seems like it's, I mean, what's this hurting for us to pray to this other God? Okay, so he's in there and he's going, hold on a minute. Like, you know, we came to this realization. We've come to this like resolve, but it's like now it's demo day. Okay. You ever watch those shows on, on HGTV and they just got to start to, he's going, okay, this is great that we all had this talk. Now it's time to start cleaning some things up before we can even begin this renewal. And so he says, hey, first and foremost, I don't know. Listen, I, he, here's the thing. God doesn't implant in my mind like what that is in everyone's life. Okay. What I do know is that oftentimes our private lives are oftentimes very different 
than what we give out personally. There, there have been times in my life where I've seen things and I'm like, I can't believe that's going on in that house. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know what's in your home. I don't know what's in your life. I don't know what, what thing is going on that you're going, this is totally against God. Well, I'm doing here, okay? But he's like, hey, it's got to get removed. Okay, it, it, it's, it's got to get removed. So down here, uh, verse 5, Then he did away with the idolatrous priests. The kings of Judah had appointed to burn incense at the high places in the cities of Judah and the areas surrounding Jerusalem. They burned incense to Baal, to the sun, the moon, the constellations, the whole heavenly host. He brought out the Asherah pole from the Lord's temple to the Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem, and he burned it. And, and ultimately, he's just going around tearing things down and, and, and burning things. Uh, verse 10, he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of Hinnom, so that no one could make his son or daughter pass through the fire to Moloch. This was happening amongst God's people. All right, they were taking a child and offering a fire sacrifice to Moloch. Could you imagine in a million years doing that? As, and, and you even think in your mind, this is for worship. Okay, this was happening. All right, so there's two sides of this coin that I want us to be thinking about here. Number one is, man, these things are getting torn down. Number two, though, is this, is that there may be some extremely messy, nasty junk that has to be dealt with. All right. And, and sometimes we just don't want to go there. All right. I, I've shared this with you guys before where uh, a brother in the church, uh, we lived in another city and he's in jail right now for distributing child pornography. He, he led singing. <laughs> All right. This is like, man. And, and here's the deal. It's the idea of there was some nasty, nasty stuff going on on the inside. Okay. And, and here's the interesting thing is what the people are doing here. They're not sitting around like feeling sorry for themselves. They, let's get rid of that. Like we can't don't listen. Here's the deal. You may not want to look at that over there and go, I don't want to look where they burn the babies. I, I don't want to look at that. You better look at it because it's got to go. Okay, so there can't be parts of our life we're going, no, no, I'm not looking there. I'm not going to look at that. Now, we may need help from one another to look there. We, we may need help going, listen, there's some parts of my life that are nasty and dirty and scary. Can you come and help me? Okay, but they've got to be taken down. This was as filthy and nasty as you can possibly imagine. Can, I mean, seriously, think of this temple. Think of this or this altar. And, and the baby goes in as a fire and it's burnt to death. No one wants to look at that, but it's got to go, okay? It's got to go. And we can't really, here's the deal. We, we can't buy into this idea that we're just in good old Clemson. Okay, just, just nice Clemson. Good folks in Clemson. Nothing bad goes on in Clemson. That's not true, all right? Sin didn't stop coming into Pickens County and into Clemson, all right? These things are happening. We got to help each other. Here's the interesting thing here. In verse 15, he even tore down an altar at Bethel 
the high place that Jeroboam, uh, son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin, had made. Then he burned the high place, crushed it to dust, burned the Asherah. As Josiah turned, he saw the tombs where he, he saw the tombs there on the mountain. He sent someone to take the bones out of the tombs and he burned them. He was killing things that were dead already. Okay, I mean, can you imagine the pat- Josiah's going around going, it's all got to go. But well, Josiah, there's some dead dudes over here. Take those bones and burn them. All right. You think he was messing around at all with anything that could be opposed to God? He's like, I don't care that they're dead. Get their bones out of here. All right. Guys, we've got to start looking at our life that way. Because I think that there's a lot of things that, and here's the deal. We do live in, I'm thankful we live in Clemson. I'm thankful we live in a great place of kind of like this overt kind of like Christian philosophy that we have in Clemson, okay? But here's the deal is, is the problem with that is that the Christian philosophy, we can encourage one another to just, hey, don't worry about that. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal what you watch. It's not a big deal what you listen to. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal about any of those things. You want to know what? Is the Christian community at large will go, yeah, you're fine. All right? In fact, we start distrusting the voice that says, no, no, no. Take a hard look at this in your life. Take a hard look at your purity. Take a hard look at your relationships. Take a hard look at your money. Take a hard look at how you live your life and your entertainment. Take a really hard look at it. And what's happening now, and I see it more every year, is the voice that is really telling us to buckle down, we're saying, quiet down. Okay, I want to listen to the rest of the community. I want to listen to the Christian philosophers. Okay, except I don't. All right, because here's the thing is we're not trying to whitewash something. All right, this is tough stuff right here. Josiah went through this. He was resolved. He removed this. Turn over to Acts 19. We're going to finish with this. Acts chapter 19. And just to bring this into maybe something that's even closer to our reality here. Acts chapter 19. The Christian church is around. Right? This is great. Christians are being made. The church is growing. And, And I wonder if we were to take kind of South Carolina Christianity, let's say, and transport it back to the first century. Okay. Would we make disciples the same way they made disciples? Right? Because here's the interesting thing. They're just trying to get this thing started. I mean, Christianity is just beginning, and they're not holding anything back. Have have you ever done that before? Like, if I say this, they're not going to want Jesus. If I, say, if I get into that part of their life, they may not want Jesus, okay? Now, here's the deal. You have these guys, uh, verse 11 of chapter 19, God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands so that even face cloths or work aprons that had touched the skin were brought to the sick and the diseases left them. Evil spirits came out, came out of them. This crazy times right here. Um, and then you have these, uh, these Jews that come. We won't read all that. Uh, but, well, actually, here's what happened. Let me just give you shorthand. Uh, there were some Jewish guys that were like, I love the fact that Paul is able to do miracles. So we're going to go and like, we're going to try to cast out demons using Paul's names. And then, and then you know what happens? The demons beat them up. And they ran out naked. 
okay? There's a sudden that you're going, that is sad and funny at the same time. You know, you're kind of like, whoa, don't mess with this, all right? They, they beat him up. Well, here's what happened, okay? In verse 17, uh, it says, uh, this became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices, while many of those who practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone, so they calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. In this way, the Lord's message flourished and prevailed. I I love this, because these are our brothers and sisters. (laughs) And they said, we have some junk at home. We have some junk in our lives. We have some things, and we just watched these guys get beat up by a demon, whatever that looked like. And they're like, hold on a minute, guys. Let, let's, hold, <laughs> let's go back and take care of this. Again, I don't know what that is in our home or our heart or our relationships. I don't know if there are things that are being hidden or that there's a double light or something like that. I don't know any of those things, okay? But here's the deal is, is you see this consistent pattern when people come to this like realization of going, we've got to get rid of all this stuff, but it's going to cost, it costs them so much money. All right. I mean, could you imagine going and burning things that are so valuable? There, there was a little teen in Tallahassee years and years and years ago and uh, had stolen a lot of music online, <laughs> right? Down, illegally downloaded it. This was, I don't know how it is as much today, but like, uh, what were those things called years ago? Like Torrent or? Napster. Napster. <laughs> That's right. We'll talk later. No. <laughs> but yeah, but, but Napster. And you could illegally download movies. And, 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 and he said, you want to know what? I've literally illegally downloaded over 700 songs right? And, and just deleted them all, right? Which is, I'm like, oh, awesome. That's great, right? But it, it touched their heart. I mean, they were really moved that, oh my goodness. And, and again, we live in an era, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is a reality in your life too, okay? Isn't it interesting with our technology, how crime has become very clean? What, what do I mean by that? When I was a kid, you, you, your crime was like going and stealing a candy bar or something, now it's very clean because I can sit at my computer and, and steal and do all kinds of craziness. And, and again, you may be going, Keith, that's so weird. I would never think of that. But I do know in our population there are those going, absolutely. I illegally download all of my software. I illegally download all of my movies. I, Ill- I steal all of those things. Right? I'm going to say for renewal, we're going to need renovation. <laughs> We, me and you got to have it, all right? We got to have these open talks. You go, man, Keith, this is so hard, though. This seems embarrassing. This seems all of these things, but here's the deal. It highlights how good God's plan is, okay? For God to go, yeah, they're going to, like, it's going to be tough for us. But what comes at the end, have you ever done something before really, really tough? And you get to the end of it and you look back and you go, I'd have gone through that 15 times. You you ever done that before? Man, I'd have gone through that over and over and over again if I knew where it brought me to. 
okay? This is what this is, okay? Is God going, come on, come on, I got you. I'm walking with you. I'm just not pushing you through this. I'm walking with you, right? And if there's anybody we can trust that loves us, it's him, all right? So even through these difficulties. So anyway, we're building this foundation. We're talking about renewal for 2021, but, but here's the deal. Renewal is really going to require the beginnings of renovation,